0: how some people might act like you can tell who was raised well and who wasn't based off how they acted so which one middle. are you I, I, I was raised very well this week no thanks to Lori <laughs> <laughs> but. you're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast where we discuss all things step family related real stories real people real help your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sams.
1: Welcome to episode 246 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. What's up, y'all? What's up? Oh, did y'all hear that third voice? Who might that be? <laughs> that would be stepson Ethan. That's right. I'm back.
0: <laughs> He's back again. <laughs> I don't remember when the last time I was on here, but it was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, it was quite a while ago. A couple years ago. Yes. So, Ethan's in town, and we decided to have him as a guest on the podcast. That's right. I traveled quite the distance to be here. <laughs> <laughs> he traveled a whole hour to come see us. And the first thing he does when he walks in is wants to know where his cornbread is. And to my dismay, there was none ready for <laughs> me when I got here. That's because I am not your mama.
2: She's failing
0: as a stepmom.
1: It's all about setting right expectations.
0: Yeah, my expectations were not met.
1: Well, that's because I spoiled you and used to make cornbread. So I expect that, and now I don't get it. That's your fault. It's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see, Ethan, what all has happened since we talked to you last? You got out of the Air Force. That's right, that's right. You stayed with us for a little bit. Yeah. You moved to Georgia with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a beautiful baby girl.
0: Yeah, we do. We do.
1: That loves her Lolo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you moved back to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Well, you and your girlfriend broke up, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week. <laughs> this week. This <laughs> week. Which, y'all, it broke my freaking heart. I am not kidding. It broke my heart. Yes, It's pretty sad times. It did. It's pretty sad. But I was crying and couldn't stop. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. I I still don't understand part of it, but anyway. Hard hard pill to swallow. Hard pill to swallow. Yes, it is. Because we know the challenges you will more than likely face. Yeah, I already faced some,
0: but (laughs) life must go on.
1: (laughs) So, let's talk about me as a step-grandma.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's a good topic.
1: Because I was talking to Kennedy one day, Jackson's girlfriend, and she said something. And I said, well, they're not. I'm the step-grandma. She's like, why do you keep saying that? I said, because that's reality. I'm the step-grandma. I'm not the real grandma. I'm the step-grandma. And it bothers her. And Mm. she doesn't get it. She said, well, that means that if me and Jackson have a baby, then David won't love it as much as he is. And, that's right. <laughs> and David won't want anything to do with it. I'm like, no, no, that's not what that means. Because I love your baby, Ethan. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love Avery's baby. I love Branson's baby. I love those babies. But I do have enough wherewithal, if that's the right word, to know <laughs> that when Jackson has a baby that is going to be different.
0: I mean, yeah, because he's he's your biological son. But I think with the whole step grandbaby thing, or step grandma, like our children, they don't know that. And they, I don't know. Like, I know one day they'll know that like you're our stepmom, but they don't. They won't know that you're their step grandma. Like they'll just, I think they'll see it as having a bunch of grandmas.
2: You know. Well, you're you're always in their life. Yeah, like so. When you came into the uh, Ethan's life and he was what, eight. Yeah, eight or yeah, somewhere around there. So the grandkids won't know a time when you weren't there.
0: Yeah, so it, it'll be different, I think, than it was with us because they'll always have known you for their entire life. So I don't think they'll see it that way.
2: Even though you look at it that way, I don't think to them it'll be the same. But I think the way you see it is kind of a transference of love that you have for your kid. So the reason why you might view or love your biological grandkid differently than your step grandkids is simply thank you
1: for saying differently and not more. Yeah, differently. I would have said that.
2: Um, <laughs> it's because of the trans, I think the transference. In other words, you, you love Jackson differently, therefore, that transference into your own grandkid. I mean, will I love Jackson's kid, even if it's not with Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I will. But I love him, I don't even, I will not even say more, less, doesn't matter. Differently, uh, yeah, I'm sure I will. I I probably will love my own grandkids differently because it's going to depend on the relationship I have with them and how often I'm around them and all kind of other factors that are involved. And a lot of it depends
1: on the relationship you have with the parent of that grandkid. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's
2: a transference of relationship. Yeah. So if I'm, just to to pick names, if I'm around Gideon more than I'm around Layla, am I going to have a better relationship with him than her? Probably. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. No different than being around anybody else. Doesn't mean there's more or less love. It's just a different relationship.
1: Well, I know when... Avery and Kay had Gideon. Avery, um, he expressed his concern about Gideon having step-grandparents. He said he did not want Gideon to think that was normal. I don't know if you remember that, David. Mm, not right off. And it was almost like Avery was embarrassed by the fact that his parents weren't together, or he just doesn't want it to be a normal. But it is a normal nowadays.
2: Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things where you you would prefer, at least I'm speaking for me, I would prefer my kids not have to experience the blended life challenges. Amen, brother. I agree. Now, you can... Use the word "normal," not. Normal. I don't care. That doesn't matter. There is no normal. <laughs> Throw the word "normal" out. There is no normal. Now, on the same side of things, I also prefer they don't have a lot of the challenges that would come with a biological family or other challenges that comes with life. Being in your yeah, with being in your twenties and being underemployed or whatever, you fill in the blank. Like I, as a parent, I don't. I prefer that my kids not have to face some challenges that they have to face. And sometimes it's, as Ethan would put it, it's a hard pill to swallow to watch your kids go through things when you're like, oh, man, I just, I want to save them. But you can't. I'm aware you can, but it's really not good for them to do that.
1: Right. Because you're just enabling them at that point.
2: You You become a barrier or an obstacle to their growth.
1: Yeah, I I
0: definitely agree with that. In the long run, it's better to push them out of the nest and hope that they fly.
2: (laughs) I'm glad you (laughs) said that. Now, get out!
0: (laughs) I agree with that. I mean, you know, in the short term, you think helping them or getting them out of whatever hole that they're in is going to be beneficial. But to a a degree, it becomes enabling after a certain period of time.
2: Yeah, the the word, this before my kids were older, even when other friends or family members would come along— it was always a challenge to understand where you draw the line between helping and harming by doing, I'm taking the same action, but am I helping or am I harming? And of course, harming, there's a range to that, right? It's not like you're going to hurt them. You're just not allowing them to grow or to experience whatever they need to experience so they come out better. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's hard. You and I were talking the other day about, us helping somebody, and um a couple of weeks after we i say a couple of weeks it may have been a couple of months, but shortly after we gifted them some money to help them out of a bind, they were posting on social media they were going on vacation, <laughs> 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 and although our gift did not come with
1: stipulations
2: with, yeah, with stipulations or expectations, it still makes you go, hmm did I really help?
1: Right. Yeah, because we hadn't been on vacation.
2: (laughs) Right. I know. I'm paying other people to go on vacation.
1: Well, you feel like you do something out of the kindness of your heart to help somebody because you feel like they're struggling. Yeah. And then they go on vacation, and you're thinking, were they even struggling?
2: Yeah. Or is a recent... uh, uh, what is it? Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, is that what it's yeah, yeah. Uh, when he gave his brother some money, and his and his brother like, we're, "I'm going to Vegas now."
1: And they're like, "No, we thought you would use that money to live and buy food because you said you've been eating bologna sandwiches for a week." And
2: yeah, well, he said something like, "You know, we were trying to help you uh, not have to be stressed about things." And he was like, "A vacation would be helping me not to be stressed about it." <laughs> um, but it was very—it's kind of a very similar thing that we're talking about, but. The other thing, too, is had they not posted that on social media, I would be none the wiser. And so it's a matter of uh, of knowledge. Now that I have the knowledge they did that, it's things are different. Whereas had I not had the knowledge they'd done that, but
1: they did it anyway, I would be none the, none the wiser. And so... But here's the question. If they ended up in a bind, quote, quote, again, you know, we found out that they were in a similar situation to the, what they were in before. Right. Would you be as quick to help?
2: I would be as quick to help. However, my help would be different.
1: You mean less?
2: No, I mean different. So I guess my my rule of thumb on things like this is the first time you need help, I'm typically open to helping. Let's just say financial help because that's the easiest to kind of talk about. Mm-hmm. First time you need financial help, if I'm able, I'll just give you the money. The second time you have financial, you come to me with financial help, I'm not giving you the money. Now let's address the problem. Because giving you the money didn't fix the problem. Right. So, Because we saw your butt
1: went on vacation.
2: (laughs) So now we need to have a bigger conversation about, it's kind of like, okay, you're hungry, I fed you, you come back, you're hungry again. Okay, now I need to teach you how to fish, for example. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So, so now I'm going to sit down and we're going to say, how, how can we avoid you coming back a third time for the same thing? And it's not that you're hurting me by asking. You're hurting yourself by not learning.
1: Right. Well, that's like when Avery came back from Japan and they needed somewhere to stay for housing while they waited for housing. They stayed here for free. Mm-hmm. Ethan? You stayed here for free. That's right. When Branson comes out, guess what? He He's free. staying here for free. Y'all get one free shot. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't hear that long <laughs> That doesn't matter. <laughs> You've used your one <laughs> free shot. <laughs> you move back in for more than a week. Guess what? You paying rent, buddy. All right. That's right. That's fair. I guess that's fair. Well, again, it... It's so hard to explain this to your kids because you look at this as your house, and you should always look at this as your home. Somewhere yeah, that I was you here can, first. <laughs>
2: I was here first. See? See? <laughs> you're,
1: not, you're not paying rent, Lori.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was here first. You don't pay rent. <laughs>
1: yeah. She cost me. What's funny is Avery said the same thing to me when I told him he needed to do something. He's like, well, I was here first. Like, well, you left. <laughs> okay? You left. <laughs> But the thing is, when y'all come back, there's so many facets to this, but when y'all come back and we're helping you, it shouldn't be to our, our financial detriment. Yeah. Meaning, if you're moving back here is costing us a higher power bill, a higher grocery bill, higher water bill, all that stuff, that shouldn't, in my opinion, come out of our pocket. No. Because you're an adult, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that could give you the I'm a roommate mentality because I'm paying you rent, right? But when you come back to your home after you've left, we look at it as you're a guest more so than the kids back home. Yeah. So you come in and you have that mentality of, This is my house still. This is still my home. I'm going to leave my dirty clothes here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave dirty water bottles upstairs or empty water bottles upstairs. I'm going to not change the sheets when I leave, Ethan. I'm going to do all this (laughs) stuff because there is that conflict of, are you a guest or is it your home? And so I can see where a lot of people struggle with that, even the kids. Because all of a sudden, we're telling you, no, you can't do that. And you're like, well, what the crap? I did it when I lived here from before.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, dynamic changes for sure. You get older, more responsibilities.
1: Yeah. And you, Ethan, are so blessed to have a relationship with me where I call you out on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that called blessed? Yes. Yeah, I, may, uh, I don't know if I'd use that word. <laughs> I un-nacho more with you than I do any of your brothers. Why do you think that is? I think it's because of the relationship you and I have. I think you know that I love you, and it's not coming from a place of criticism or judgment. It's coming from a place of, dude, wash the baby's high chair before you leave. Just that probably that probably wouldn't mean yeah. And you know I love you. There's there's a difference than when you were growing up, and I would tell you to brush your teeth, and you're like, who are you to tell me to brush my teeth? To yeah. to now, I can say those things to you, and you don't get offense, offensive about it, or defensive, defensive.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I take criticism well. If you know, I, if I know I did something wrong, I'll take accountability for it and fix it.
1: Well, and you're also appreciative.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, uh, I try to be very, very grateful for everything.
1: Anything I do for you, you will say thank you, and that goes a long way. I've been told that. I've been told that a couple times. Hmm. Now, you better not just be blowing smoke up my butt when you say thank you either. <laughs> no, no, I, I actually am very grateful. I'm very
0: grateful for all the little things in life. That's one thing I try to practice every day because most people aren't, and people that aren't, you know, it, it makes me mad when people are very ungrateful for anything. Well, A lot of people don't realize how good they have it.
1: Yeah. I
2: wonder, it's kind of shifting the conversation a little bit, but I wonder now that you've moved out and you've experienced you've experienced military life and you are now experiencing civilian life. Do you look back on things and have a different viewpoint or opinion about like living here and how you were parented and all those types of things? Do you see things now and you're like, Oh, now I understand why dad did, did this or, or made us do that. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I
0: appreciate it more whenever I see people my age, how some people might age act. Like you can tell who was raised well and who wasn't based off how they act. So which one are goal. you? <laughs> I, I was raised very well. This week. No thanks to Lori. <laughs>
1: but,
0: but yeah, I think I was raised very well. And I even like something like um whenever you get spanked, you know, your parents like, it hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it doesn't. But then <laughs> even though I mean, I'm 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 a dad now, but even before I was a dad, I was like, I I understand that because of course it hurts you a lot because you don't want you don't want to hurt your kid, but it must be done. And then it, even like whatever, any type of lessons that you learn that your parents tell you that when you're younger it doesn't make sense, you think it's stupid. When you get older and you're an adult, you start to understand it more. And you're very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for the way I was raised. I think I was raised very well. I wouldn't change a thing about it. And especially when I see kids Or people my age. I'm like, dude, like I don't I don't some people I don't understand how they make it through life the way that they do.
2: So do you do you have an opinion as to whether or not going through the blended family experience thus far, do you have an opinion as to whether or not you feel like it enriched your life or there were hurdles that you had to deal with and maybe still deal with Uh, kind of, what is your viewpoint on that at this point in your life?
0: Well, of course there's, there was hurdles and ideally for anybody, no, everybody wants to, you know, be a happy family forever. No divorce, no, no switching of the, of the parents and all that, but that's, that's life. Everybody goes through hardships and that's just one of them that we had to go through. So I'm grateful for every, everything that happened because, it made me who I am today. So I'm not going to say I wish it was any different because if it was, I wouldn't be who I am. And I'm pretty happy with who I am. So Uh it definitely, it was hard. Of course it's hard for a while. Then you learn things along the way, but I'm grateful for Lori and Jackson as much as I wasn't for a while. I am now, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I think it was, it was good that we, that we have that and that we went through that. But even if, Even if it wasn't that, you know, it'd always be something. It'd be something else. Everybody goes through something hard in life eventually. So if it wasn't that, it would have been something else. So I'm grateful that it was that and not something much worse.
1: You know, when you were little, Hmm? you and I probably butted heads more than anybody.
0: Maybe so. It's pretty confrontation.
1: Yeah, I remember the yoo incident. You who gate. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. You standing up at the top of the stairs, bucking your chest out up at me. And I'm thinking, I'm about to whoop this little boy's beep. And then Branson <laughs> jumps in, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, we did have some hard times. And I remember when you were little, you weren't just, let's see, what word can I use? I don't want to use hellion because you weren't a hellion. But out of all the kids, we joke that you would be the one that would end up in jail getting somebody yeah. pregnant by the time that you're 16 you know you were the yeah. bad kid right yeah i was pretty bad so just a wild child the wild child there we go was, there we go bad. that sounds better cuz you weren't a bad kid none of y'all were bad kids in respect to how we know how some kids are and yes i'm referring to myself as a child but anyway If Ethan were a dog, he would be a Belgian Malinois. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. 100%. And Branson would be a pug. But anyway. So, you know, growing up, we just always thought, you're this wild child. And I remember when you were in the Air Force, and you were running one day, and you were telling me that you listened to this motivational stuff. And we were getting ready to go to a step family conference. I think it was our first one. And I was so nervous because I'm an introvert. I know that's hard to believe, but I am an introvert. I don't like public speaking. I don't like being the center of attention. And so it was really hard for me. And you were telling me these podcast things to listen to. And you were encouraging me. Like you were my little motivational speaker. And I remember thinking, who would have ever thought that, number one, this child would listen to anything worth listening to, (laughs) because you used to make fun of me for reading. I I still don't like reading. But you, I mean, you were motivating me. Mm -hmm. But then as I'm talking about that, I remember when we used to all do P90X in the living room. And you and yeah. Branson be like, "Come on Lori, you can do it one more, one more. y'all <laughs> were my cheerleaders, yeah, and y'all have still been you and Branson both have been still been our cheerleaders with this nacho kid stuff mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm so impressed with you and how you handle adversity. Sometimes I think you're off the chain with it, meaning that you need to you know let things affect you a little more. But you roll with the punches, man. You you get kicked down and you get right back up. You don't let it stop you. You don't sit there and mope and dwell and woe is me. You're just like, I'm going to get through this. This this is a phase. I'm going to get through this. I've got this goal. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, for sure. So you really impressed me, wild child. You're still a wild child yeah, in a lot of ways, but we won't discuss that on this podcast. Yeah, in, only in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, well,
0: a big thing to that, like I'm a pretty maybe delusional optimist. I've always been. You're like, delusional. Two things okay. that I, <laughs> two things, yeah, I may be, but two things I've always believed that have you know, kept me going is that everything happens the way it's supposed to and everything works out in my favor. It's Two things that I believe heavily. So whatever happens. If something bad happens or good happens, I'm like, "Well, it happened the way it's supposed to, and it's gonna work out in my favor." So I'm not gonna worry about it. I like maybe that. sometimes I, I'm, sometimes I'm too, I'm too, maybe I'm too nonchalant sometimes, but that's I just believe in those two things, and then of course, you know, God will never give you anything you can't handle. That the Bible and does I, not I,
1: say that, son.
0: <laughs> well, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that nothing will be given to me that I cannot handle. So I just I handle it in one way or another. I know I'll I'll get through it and I'll figure it out.
2: Well I just have to believe those things. Yeah, I mean to to his point, one of the things people sometimes say is, you know, I can't stand such and such. Well, the fact that you're there and you're alive means you are standing it. Yeah. So the only other alternative is death. (laughs) (laughs) At, At that point you can't stand it. But anything other than that You are actually standing it.
1: Yeah. You know, I've never worried about you mentally. Yeah. Because you do have that attitude. And you may not have liked the Air Force. You might not have liked some of the things you had to do. But you're not a complainer. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to complain. I don't don't like whiner babies. The rest of the family (laughs) picks that up for you. So it's covered. but, (laughs) But you're really not a complainer. And I don't. Thinking back, gets uh, that from his dad. Yeah, right. please. <laughs> <clears throat> BS BS. <laughs> but I don't even remember as a child you being a real complainer. Yeah, true. It's almost like you just. And I hate this phrase. It is what it is. But I hate that phrase. And, but it's good to see you be that way because. I've never had to worry about you like is he okay mentally mm-hmm. because you're honestly probably one of the strongest people mentally that I know and Jack Jackson's a lot like that too actually because things mm. that I would think would bother him I'll say, well it's okay to be disappointed or it's okay to be upset he's like I'm not I'm like mm-hmm. that's good but and I'm thinking how can you not be because I would be if I were you but I think maybe you and him both have lower expectations than a lot of people because you don't set yourself up for disappointment. Does that make sense?
2: Part of it is the default mentality of a
1: dude. Oh. (laughs) Well, that's not necessarily true because I can look at other people and be like, mm, no. Not not every dude, but,
2: you know. Yeah. Well, you need to question their dude card Yeah, make them show it to you. Take it away. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I have I have high expectations for myself. And when I don't reach them or I feel like I'm falling behind, it definitely gets to me. But I don't let it affect me to the point where, you know, I put that on other people. Or I express it much. If I do feel a certain way, or if I want to be, if I want to go be sad somewhere, I'll do it by myself. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, rain on, rain on everybody else's parade. I'm not gonna be, you know, moping around. But, you know, at the same time, if something doesn't go my way, then everything happens the way it's supposed to, and everything works out in my favor. So I'm trying not, try not to worry about it.
1: But I want you to, I want you to know that if you're sad and you need to talk about something, you're not bringing anybody down. As far as like me or your dad, we want to be here for you, and yeah. we don't ever want you to go be sad by yourself. You have a family that loves you. And part of that is being the shoulder to cry on or, okay, here, get it out. I'll be your punching bag for five minutes. Just whatever to know that you're not alone. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm well aware that I'm not alone, but I don't I don't stay sad for very long. I don't stay down for long. I might have my Days or moments where I'm like, man, you know, this sucks or whatever. But then I'm like, you know what? I get through it. You know, pray about it. God heals all. So I'll just, I then I'll, I'll be good. You know, I'll keep keep pushing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like to look. I don't. I don't focus on things that that detriment me. I just focus on what I can do to make make it better. And then that's what
2: I do. I, I think with Ethan because he was the wild child,
1: <laughs> I had to. Spend, and he was on death row. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's so that's I, a joke about him
1: being the weakest triplet, y'all. Yeah, yeah. almost got aborted.
2: <laughs> 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 so, be, because he was a wild child, I think I had to spend more time with him discussing coping skills and, and disciplining him. Yeah, definitely that. Because <laughs> you know, one thing that was hard to do, or I couldn't do, or I didn't do was I didn't often have conversations with them. Altogether about their attitudes because, you know, nobody wants to be fussed at in, in public. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you praise in public, you discipline in private, my philosophy. So I would have more times when I would talk to Ethan and he was an angry kid a lot of times.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, yeah.
2: And so I would <sighs> say, look, you know, you've got to figure out what it is that's bothering you. And what are your options? What are your choices? You control how you let this thing affect you. And I think, now, when I'm looking back, and I look at him today and I'm looking back on what I did then, I, I can see kind of the results of of that, of spending more time with him than the others, getting him to deal with and cope with and learning those skills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. I think I had a, a
0: positive impact. Because, um, I mean, no matter what I go through, no, no matter what it is, I know I'll be okay. And that's why mentally I can stay I can stay in in a good way or positive
1: I remember having a conversation with you one time you had hurt your brother's feelings oh and so I sat down with you and I said Ethan you really hurt his feelings and you were like so (laughs) and I said does that not bother you you said no (laughs) he let his feelings get hurt You were of the mentality of he was in control of how he let things affect him, because your dad had been preaching to you that you're in control of how you let things affect you. But you had zero, zero, even a negative number of remorse for making your brother feel bad. I still am that way to a (laughs) degree. I know. (laughs) Really, I really struggle with. Oh, is it empathy or
0: sympathy? Empathy. Yeah. yeah, I struggle with that a lot. Still, like it's really hard for me to feel bad for people because that's how I am with myself. I don't feel bad for myself for basically anything. So when other people have, you know, certain things they're going through, unless it's something really, really bad, and I don't, I don't feel bad for them. And it's hard for me to feel bad for people
1: about mo- most of anything. Maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But. Well, I think, and I want to clarify this, and I may be speaking for you, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you f- if it like you said it depends on how bad it is you're not going to feel bad for somebody if they lost their job when you knew that they called out sick all the time yeah you're not going to feel bad for somebody that their car breaks down because they didn't do the maintenance on it yeah but you would feel bad for someone and have empathy for someone if they had a terminal illness
0: yeah if it's some something where death is involved or closely linked, then yeah. But most things I feel bad for people for a short time, but if it's after a certain amount of time, I'm just like 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 get over it.
1: Like I don't know why you're not over it yet. Yeah? Yeah. And you get a little bit of that from your dad. Do I? maybe, yeah, maybe you, you I do. do because <laughs> um I'm the opposite. I am a big empath. So I feel other people's pain. And it's so hard. hard.
2: I think that, to me, this is the healthy way to address things. In other words, whatever it is, yes, give yourself, and we talk about this in the academy a lot, give yourself the appropriate amount of time to feel whatever that is, what sadness or pain or loss or whatever. Okay, you've you've done that. Now what's next? Yeah. You, like you can't stay here. You've got to continue moving forward. So... If you want to call it Valley of Despair or Valley of the Shadow of Death or whatever you want to call it, but, dude, you got to move past it. You can't stay here. Yeah, it's like I tell my kids, you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can pass through, but you can't stay.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you keep staring back at the past, you'll end up staying there. And people that get stuck there like that. They, you know, it's it's a terrible cycle for them.
1: Well, yeah. you can't I mean, go forward dra- looking in the rearview mirror. No. Yeah, 100%. I mean, for me
2: personally, though, that's one of got kind of the driving principles of my life. Even even if I'm in a great place, I still feel like I can't stay here. I have to keep moving.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: And it's not saying that I got to go from great to bad. I want to go from great to greater. Doesn't matter. I can't stay here. I have to keep moving.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I remember with my sister – For those of you that haven't heard the story of my sister, my sister was in a very bad place for a very long time. And my mom, quote, quote, enabled her for many, 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 many years. And then my mom died. And again, I'm I'm an empath. So something that bothers somebody else, I carry that weight. And the only thing I can say about that is I hope that it helps them carry less weight because I do carry that with me. But with Dawn, I wanted to help her. And David, he didn't tell me I couldn't help her, but he talked to me about she's not ready for you to help her. If I would have helped her when I wanted to, I would have been enabling her. But instead... When she got ready for help, I remember I called David and I said, So, Dawn doesn't want to go back to her house because of the people there. And she's actually looking for a homeless shelter to stay in. And he said, She's ready. So that's when we helped her. And David stepped up to the plate and helped her as much as he could and helped me get her moved and everything that he would do. But I remember in the beginning, When he was like against kind of me helping her because I wouldn't be helping, I'd be enabling, it bothered me. Because I'm like, you're just not sympathetic or you just, you're this hard person. But he's not. He's got to see somebody working to help themselves. And that's like in the Nacho Kids Academy. We will tell people to do the work and they don't do it. And so I'm like, well, Let's kind of try to help them do it. And he's like, they got to do it themselves. We can't care more than they do.
2: Well, yep. it's, I liken it. If I'm using a metaphor, it's like if you've got somebody in the ocean drowning, if you jump in and they are, and you're trying to help them and they're s- still struggling, then they, that you both drowned. Mm-hmm. There, there's no way to do it. Like they have to let go and they have to do their part. Right. They either have to swim on their own or they have to let you pull them in to the point where they can climb up on the boat or whatever to survive and all that. But the point is they can't fight against you. And if you're not doing the work in the academy, then you're, in essence, you're fighting against what we're trying to do. Right. My philosophy in that is that there are so many other people who are doing the work and I will give them everything I can. And if you're not going to be one of those, then when you are one of those, I'm here for you. Until then, you're going to live the same life you've been living. It's like I said last night to somebody, you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've always got.
1: Well, and I have to say that you're even like that with your kids.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, 100%. I can attest to that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I think I have... I have a, a a love for my kids and even for people that it's a I think it's a kind of a discipline type of love. And I don't mean discipline as being like correctional. It's more of a discipline like I have to see something from you. And if I don't see that, I just don't have the time for it. Nor do I have the patience for it or anything else. But when I do see that, dude, I will give you the shirt off my back. Mm -hmm. I will help you. I'll be there. I'll do whatever. But until
1: then, mm -mm. no. Whereas I'm like that initially instinctively. Right. And then I realize that they aren't pulling their weight to try to help themselves. And then I feel used.
2: I, th- I think another thing too, for me is it's not that I was always this way. I honestly think it was, a, it's a trained learned behavior because I think over the years I've been, maybe I've been more exposed to jumping out there and trying to help people just to have it blow up in your face
1: mm-hmm.
2: or you're doing all the work <laughs> and then they don't appreciate any of it. And I, you know, I did that even in law enforcement. I would try to help people, people I had arrested, taking them to jail. And I'm like trying to talk them through how to improve their life and to see that fail so many times because people will fail you often that it just gave me a different, I think it gave me a different outlook on when to help people, not to help people, but when to help people.
1: Yeah. Right. So, Ethan, I want to go back to you being a dad now and me being a step-grandma. All right. The blend still has challenges because of that. So, you didn't have sweet cheeks on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And that was sad. Then when you did get her, you're trying to juggle having – Family time with us, family time with your mom. And so it's a constant battle to appease everyone, we'll say. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard on
0: you. Yeah, it is. More, it definitely makes it more difficult. It's a little bit more weight on my shoulders. I got to go, gotta go here, got to go there. Got to try to make my rounds and go see everybody with, with Layla.
1: Well, you but, had to do that before as a child. But the difference yeah. is now... Instead of the routine you used to have of you would always be here Christmas morning Yeah. Then, and, and Christmas night. I think y'all would go to your mom's the next day because we always went to Ronnie's and y'all were with us then. Yeah, it'd always be like, you know, next day or whatever. So there was some consistency there. Well, mm-hmm. now you can still do those things, but you have to try to tailor it around when you have your baby girl.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So if you go see everybody the day after Christmas and you don't have sweet cheeks, then when you do get her a week later, everybody's going to be like, well, you got to come do Christmas with us with Layla.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes it more difficult, and it's it sucks not having her on Christmas because everybody else has their babies. I mean, it's just, you know, so it makes me feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel guilty about it, you know, or, yeah, I guess you could say guilty, like about not having her as or not seeing her as much or not having her. Makes me feel guilty or like I'm not doing as good of a job as I can do. But I mean, and also I'm trying to bounce around because I want her to know everybody. Mm-hmm. So I want her to get to see you guys and my mom and like the whole family. So I gotta bounce around, which is which is fine, but it definitely makes it more difficult.
2: Well, uh, you and um you and Chantel need to learn now what guilty parenting is because you're gonna deal with it. I mean, yeah, I, I deal
0: with it now.
1: Yeah. But you need yeah. to see, and I'll, I'll talk to both of y'all about this. You know I have no problems talking to both of y'all about it. But guilty parent syndrome can have a negative impact on your kid very easily. hmm And, you know, we'll talk more about that with y'all, but it's real. But it's also understandable. So... Your dad having guilty parent syndrome was definitely understandable to me. Me having Mm -hmm. guilty parent syndrome might not have been as understandable to your dad because I had Jackson more than y'all were here. Mm -hmm. But I remember going, well, you know, as far as Christmas, we would always do Christmas with all y'all. We would move the date that we celebrated Christmas just so we could do that. But going to your grandma Vera's house, that was a set date. Yeah, and your yeah. dad always had y'all,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I didn't always have Jackson. And that was always so hard on me because I would sit there and see y'all and miss my baby. Yeah. And it I hated it. And honestly, it might have been easier on me if your dad didn't have y'all. Yeah, probably so. You know, kind of like with you, you're seeing Gideon open presents and Layla's not there. And you're like, oh, man.
0: Yeah. Definitely makes me feel bad. But, you know, it's, uh comes with it. So, yeah.
1: I mean, you can't yeah. control it. What you can control yeah. is how you let it affect you. And not that it ever stopped bothering me that Jackson wouldn't be there, but I was able to enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, be like, oh, look at Ethan being stupid because you were always doing mm-hmm. something stupid. And so you were a good entertainment for me when Jackson wasn't there to keep my mind off things. Because if not, I could have sat there and been depressed that my son wasn't there.
0: Mm-hmm. You're definitely happy to be there, but it's, it makes you a lot happier whenever your kids are with you to share the moment.
1: Yeah. But then you also know that when you have Layla Christmas morning, that her mama's going to be missing her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: And y'all I'm have a, a good them. relationship right now.
0: Yeah, we do. And hopefully that continues forever.
1: We hope so, too. But we also know that there are things that things change. But Mm -hmm. luckily, you have a stepmom and a dad that have been through it and helped people through it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's true.
1: So y'all have the best resource in the world. You and Chantel both have the best resource (laughs) for dealing with this blended crap.
0: Yeah, it's definitely rough already. And it makes it a lot harder. It'd be a lot easier if she lived closer, but she doesn't. And that makes it a lot harder. Mm -hmm. And... Also, with my schedule and her schedule, is you know, makes it a lot more difficult to work that out. But yeah. one day, we'll get it down.
1: Well, I do have to say that I was unsure how you were going to be as a dad mm-hmm. because sometimes your priorities seem skewed to me. You know, like <laughs> Branson is your number one priority, your brother, which is crazy yeah. to me. But, I mean, y'all were in the womb together, so maybe that has something to do <laughs> yeah. with it. I don't know. but I have been impressed with you as a dad. Really? Yes. To see you light up when you are holding that little girl, it's just awesome. And to see you get up at six o'clock in the morning, drive four hours or, well, two and a half hours to go pick her up and bring her back before you go to work or drop her off, whatever it is, I've just I've, I've really been impressed with you as a dad. I appreciate that.
0: I um I don't know if I don't know if everybody knows but did not expect or plan to have a child at this age, but I did. And for a little while I was I was, I was a little bit bitter about it and just the circumstances and the, the timing was I was 21 whenever she was pregnant and then I turned 22 and then we had a baby when I was 22. And I'm 23 now. And now that I've had a kid for a while, I'm very glad that it happened. I'm very grateful to have a beautiful daughter, and I want a lot more kids—not now, but eventually. I want a lot more kids, but I'm very happy that I do have. Just have, not a lot more baby mamas. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot more baby mamas, but a lot more kids. I have to figure out a way to balance that. <laughs> but, but I'm very grateful to have, to have have Layla, and you know, I would I'll do anything for her, and. Seeing her makes me happy, and I would travel however far I need to to go pick her up or just see her for a day. Right. Even if it's tiring or even if I got to be constantly moving, then, you know, it, it's worth it for sure.
2: Well, nothing nothing thrills me more than seeing you changing in a dirty diaper. <laughs> it's not very thrilling for me. Not very thrilling for me.
1: Well, I love it when she needs a dirty diaper change right before you go to work. I'm like, "Oh, thank you for doing it while your daddy is here." I I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, to talking about all that, it wasn't the opera. How you say, it, David? Opportune. O- opportune time. Yeah, it wasn't planned, but that's okay. Yeah, I know when it happened and. When you told us it was not necessarily everybody jumping for joy. Yeah, it wasn't but, a party for sure. Yeah, which saddened me because I went through the same thing.
0: I mean, it's fine. It's understandable.
1: Yeah, but it's hard when you're dealing with something like that and everybody else is like, Oh, man, that sucks, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> because was you was like... No shocker there. <laughs> he was like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you, you so. You expect when you tell somebody you're going to have a baby that it's going to be a happy time. So, y'all didn't experience that. And which I get because, like I said, I was there too. But also, you had plans and yeah, those yeah. plans got derailed. And yeah. then she was a girl.
0: Yeah. I wanted a boy. <laughs> S- still do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy with I'm happy with my one girl. I'm I'm happy with my girl now, but I don't want any more girls. I want all the rest of my children to be boys. <laughs> I'll take my one girl, my one little love, but the rest of them will be boys, so I can uh terrorize them
1: until they're older. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, your daddy terrorizes Gideon. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and he'll kinda start playing with Layla like that and she's like, uh uh-uh. uh. That look on yeah. her face is like, no. Put me down now. I
0: can't can't play with her the same. Like, I'll beat Gideon up, but her, I just can't help but to just love her and hold her.
1: (laughs) Yep. And it's just so sweet. I mean, you you, you honestly love her. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I told Branson, I said, maybe now since, you know, Branson had his baby or his girlfriend had his baby, that he would understand why when Jackson told me something and he told me something, why I believe Jackson.
2: Because it's your kid, man. Because he was a better liar.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's your kid. Yeah. And you never want to think that your kid is being dishonest or lying or being deceitful or manipulative or anything like that. But as a step-parent – It's easy for us to go, uh huh. Ethan's manipulating you, David. You don't see it. You don't see it (laughs) because we don't have that. I want to say unconditional love.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But that's, again, that's kind of hard to say because does my love for you have conditions? That's what it comes down to. And it's, I don't think so. But I'm telling you right now, you ever did anything to hurt my baby? Then guess what? My love for you is conditional. That's like yeah, the time I, I you shot him in the hand.
0: <laughs> Look, he, he deserved that.
1: <laughs> okay. Why did he deserve to get shot point-blank range in the hand with an airsoft gun, Ethan?
0: It wasn't point-blank. It was at least 10 feet, maybe. Okay. But um, cause, because that's the game we were playing.
1: No, and you tell me wearing, it was because...
0: There you go. It, it, yeah, I'll explain. He was wearing like 15 layers of clothes, and I was lighting him up, shooting him, and he just stood there and didn't feel anything. So I thought, you know, he needs to feel something. He needs to feel some type of pain. So I saw his hand there, so I shot it. And then he, he felt a lot of pain. And I felt very happy and
1: satisfied. Yeah. And see, that was hard for me. Not in the moment because I didn't know you did it on purpose. Oh, 100%. My aim is too good. But then when I found out you did it on purpose, I'm like, you intentionally hurt my child. And the reason he had 15 layers of clothes on is because you are evil (laughs) towards your stepbrother. And y'all were five years older than my sweet baby. He was only five. You got to learn the hard way. Well, he learned. (laughs) But boy, it was kind of hard for me to look past that with you. But at the same time, we talk about this in the Academy, that... When I would step in or your dad would step in and keep you from fighting with Jackson, it created a separation with y'all. Because it was your dad Mm -hmm. saying, don't just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. And you always got in trouble. Yeah. So by me letting Jackson, quote, quote, fight his own battles with y'all, it allowed y'all to create a better relationship and have that sibling type bond.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jackson was a whiner baby for a while.
1: He was not if a whiner baby.
0: If we ever touched him, he would just cry, and we'd get in trouble. That's not then... true.
1: <laughs> perspective, perspective. Your perspective is skewed.
0: <laughs> but, yeah that, that, yeah, that changed eventually, though. He became cool after a certain amount of time.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, there were, I think there was a different level of acceptance when things would happen. For example, my kids would be hitting on each other And I would let them go to the point where somebody was either screaming or, you know, it just got too out of control. Violent. Yeah. It was like, okay, we're not, we're not punching each other in the face. That's, you know, that's too far. Did that a lot. (laughs) Did that a lot. And I recall at least one time where Lori's like, you need to go up there. They're beating the crap out of each other. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, You know that's when I stepped in, but other than that, I'm like, dude, y'all gonna, you're gonna be boys, you're gonna act that way. I'm okay with it to a certain point, but when Jackson was involved, I was not okay with it very much at all. Mostly because you weren't okay with it. No. And you're going to jump in there, (laughs) and you're going to say something or do something or whatever, and it ended up being a fight between me and you because Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. So that's what. I think, for me, that was my motivation. Like, I want to avoid a problem in my relationship with Lori. Therefore, leave Jackson alone.
1: <laughs> right. Whereas I wanted to protect my baby. Because y'all were like a little gang running around. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Traumatizing my child. <laughs> but I am glad that you and Jackson have a relationship now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love Jackson now. I know. Yeah. And
1: it makes me Jackson's happy. Cool yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't know when I don't know when that shifted, but remember we got a little bit older. So we all started to like Jackson. We really, like, you know what? Jackson's not that bad. I kind of <laughs> like him now.
1: Yeah, I remember y'all telling me one time. Of course, I didn't find out stuff till way after the fact. But I remember y'all telling me one time that he fell on his bike handles or something, and so y'all drug him to Mama's in that little hut-like thing and. <laughs> made him stay there till he quit crying because you didn't want him to come yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. I remember one
0: time at school, I mean, I don't know if you remember this or if you ever heard about it at all, but <laughs> it was it was like after school, you know, um, in the after school care or whatever. We're all on the playground. There was some kid, Jackson's age, and they were we were playing some sport outside, I don't know, I don't know, football or whatever. But there was some kid in Jackson about to fight and um they were arguing And this kid just, like, kneed him in the balls, like, boom, like, just boom. And then me and Branson were standing there. And even though we always bullied Jackson, we were protective over him, you know, know, outside of the house. So the kid, like, kneed him in the balls. And he was like, oh. And then the kid grabbed him and lifted his hand up like he was about to punch him. And as soon as he lifted his hand up, I came up behind him and I grabbed his arm and I pulled him back. And right when I pulled him back, Branson ran up and grabbed his other arm. And like lifted him off the ground and threw him on the ground, and me and Branson both were about, were about to beat this kid up. He's like he was Jackson's age; he's like five years younger than us. We were about to beat him up. And then, 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 then the teacher came, and poor Jackson was like on on, on the ground because he got needing the
1: balls. But, <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, we were about to beat that kid up. He was like he's way younger than us, but you know we didn't
1: really care. Well, I appreciate that. I do <laughs> know that it's almost like that thing of. You can call him a brat, and you can beat him up, but can't nobody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's like when we went to the Whitewater Rafting Center and did the rope ropes course. hmm And Jackson was in front of Branson, and Branson got off, and he's like, I was a nervous wreck. I was afraid he was going to fall, and he was going to get hurt. And I was like, he loves yeah. my baby.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, there definitely was that. Even though we bullied him and all that, there definitely was that love there.
1: You wasn't going to let anybody else do it.
0: That's right. That's right,
1: 100%. So, what advice would you give our listeners if they have a child, a bio kid, and they have a step kid that just can't seem to get along? Because you were there. Yeah, I was there for sure. What advice would you give them about how to handle that?
0: Well, I think you need to figure out why they don't get along, and if you can't seem to, because I can only speak from my experience and with our experience with Jackson, you know, we just I don't know, we just we just didn't like him. We felt like he lied all the time. He was too soft, or he he didn't play like like how we did. I mean, he was a lot younger as well, but you know, and an only child, and an only child. So like he wasn't like us, or he wasn't you know.
2: It was a, it was a sleepy song, admit it.
0: Yeah, that was kind of annoying,
2: but (laughs) it was weird to
0: say the least. But (laughs) Like, we couldn't play with him like we played with each other because we played rough. His dad
1: played rough with us. And And Jackson wanted to play with y'all so bad. Yeah, he did. And he's always always referred to y'all as the brothers. Yeah.
2: I wonder if you looked at Jackson as being, you know, Lori's son, so... Whatever relationship you had with Lori, like when you were mad at Lori or you didn't like her or you did wanted her to be gone, whatever, that you looked at Jackson through that lens. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we were bitter towards Lori and then also bitter towards Jackson as an extension of that. But I do think, though, like the more unsupervised time we spent with Jackson, like <laughs> the, right. I think the better we got along. Like I think, you know, you you, you bond with people more when you go through something together. And even though, like, because whenever, you know, we can't ever do anything with Jackson because we didn't want to hurt him or we didn't want him to cry or go tell Lori, and then we get in trouble. But then whenever we were by ourselves and it was nobody there, you know, if something happened, we could just be like, look, dude, calm down. Like, it's okay. Don't worry, you know? I think the more time we spend together unsupervised and not have to worry about any external people being involved, like, the more we bonded. In a sense,
1: right? Because yeah. when I jumped in, it messed things up. Yeah, yeah, and it was hard for me not to jump in.
0: Yeah, so maybe more a long time, but also, I mean, it depends on if it's a boy or girl, or in the age gap. I mean, there's probably there's a lot of factors that play into why they might not be getting along. But
1: well, I think a lot of it is letting those relationships form naturally.
0: Yeah, it could be too much parental intervention.
1: Yeah, you know? and not. Not trying to force it. Yeah. Try to find things that maybe y'all have in common. Like, y'all all love playing airsoft. Yeah. So that yeah, was something did. that y'all could all do. And I surely, the goodness, wasn't getting out there doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and it allowed y'all to be a little responsible as older brothers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, I think Jackson, and I'd have to clarify, but I'm pretty sure that when he's asked if he has any brothers, He'll say, yeah, he doesn't refer to y'all as stepbrothers because y'all been in it his whole life as far as he remembers. Yeah, when, when
0: people ask me, when people, when people ask me now, I mean, brothers I have, I say four.
1: Yeah, that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. You have no idea.
0: And if, and if they ask for the details, you know, I'll say, you know, I got a stepbrother.
2: He's, you know, five years old, whatever. But off the bat, I'll just say I have four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've noticed even with Jackson, if we're somewhere and somebody— like, refers to me as his dad. He doesn't even correct them, Mm-mm. you know. No. Like, I don't correct them if they're referring to him as my son. I was, yes, yeah, you know, work. <laughs> too much work.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like the lady at the, um, remember when I went to go help Avery get that U Haul truck? Mm-hmm. And I just left it that he was my kid because she kept saying, your mom, your mom. And then I'm like, I feel like I lied to this woman, <laughs> but she just would not stop, Ethan. She was like, oh, your mom's so great, and your mom this, maybe your mom that, and she's your your son this, and it's just like she just kept on saying it. It's probably I just noticed it more because I wasn't used to Avery being referred to as my son. But yeah, every time yeah. she'd say your mom or your son, me and Avery would look at each other like, mm, no, not my mom, not my son.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Of all people, I'm surprised Avery didn't say something.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he's the one that would. He'd be like, that's not my mom. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. even <laughs> when I hold Layla, Avery will say, give her here. You're not blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Avery likes pushing uh, buttons like your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he does do that for sure. Yeah. But I know when, I will say this, I know when you and Shelt- Chantel broke up, Kay and Avery were here. And, I mean, y'all, I was, I was, I was. A hot mess. I could not quit crying. And then I'd go to the laundry room and see Little Sweet yeah. Cheeks bathing suit, and I'd just cry more. And Avery said, You do have another grandkid. <laughs> <laughs> that is the first time that he did not put step anywhere in there or act like I was any different than anybody else. Maybe you need to cry in front of Avery a little more. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's maybe what more it is. Vulnerable. Maybe he's got a sensitive side <laughs> we don't know about. Maybe so. Maybe. All right. Yeah, David. I mean. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'll, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say,
0: yeah, I mean, that was uh, you know, that was a rough time, but I think we've managed to to work it out pretty well, but still spending a decent amount of time with Layla.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I but, still you know, want I y'all back was, together, but you know. Maybe <laughs> one day. Maybe one day. Never know. Stranger things yeah, have happened, huh?
0: Indeed, indeed,
1: they have.
2: Yep. If there's one thing to take out of today's conversation is that the whole blended family thing doesn't stop when they turn 18. That's right. The challenges are different, but they are not gone. It's like anything in life. Mm -hmm. You go through different phases of life and some have different challenges than others. But if you're in a blended family, your blended family challenges will always be there. They'll just be different. So now now we're dealing with the challenges of, you know, being blended step-grandparents, and what that looks like, and how are we going to have to potentially coach our own kids on how to navigate some of these things? And so it's just it's just a lot there. So when when step parents particularly look at kids and they go, when they turn eighteen, then all this is going to be over. I'm like, no.
1: Yeah, they got a clock on their phone, a countdown. <laughs>
2: yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have people join the academy that. Their stepkids are in their late twenties, thirties, sometimes forties, even. Mm-hmm. The wow. stepkids are, you know. And I'm not trying to cause people to go into a panic mode, and like this is never going to end. But if you learn how to navigate it, and you learn how to successfully work on, with it and work on it, it doesn't become something you dread.
0: Yeah, yeah. I will say, from a stepkid perspective, it gets better and it gets easier from a stepkid's perspective.
1: And I will say that from where we were to where we are now, we've come a long way. I agree. We have a very long way. Yep. And I am thankful to be your stepmother.
0: I'm thankful to be your stepson. Even though <laughs> even though <laughs> even though you did not make my cornbread. <laughs> I will let it slide just this once.
1: You remember that time you wrote it on an index card? Yeah. You put you know what to do in front of a Jiffy cornbread box on the stove, and I put that in my Facebook group, and people went crazy. How dare he? I mean, it was – but what was so funny is when I saw it, I just laughed because you and I have always had this picking kind of relationship. Well, once we could get along. And so, I mean, these people were going crazy about it, and I just Uh laughed because I'm like – yeah, I, if you would have done that when we were in a bad spot, I probably would have had the same reaction.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, when when you don't have context, cuz that's what you did, you posted something without context, people look at it through the lens of whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they and they put they apply whatever context they want to to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, so that's that's how they're responding.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's very controversial. <laughs> basic instructions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do think I and I know we need to wrap up, so it's the last thing I'll say, but I do think that because of our struggles, we have a deeper bond and different and deeper relationship. I know I do with Lori, I have a different respect for her than I would had I had we not gone through these things. Mm. So I can now look back Not that I ever want to go through it again, but I can certainly look back, and I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. So all you listeners, if you are struggling in your blend, there's hope. You're not alone. There is hope. We've got the Nacho Kids Academy, and you know we are living proof that you can go from you-hoot gate to happiness.
0: That is true. (laughs) There is light at the end of the the tunnel. And it's not an oncoming
1: train. That's right. Just takes a little bit of cornbread. <laughs> 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 All right. So I guess I need to go make Ethan some cornbread for being a guest on our podcast. That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Be sure to share this out and then leave us a review. We appreciate it. Just go over there and take a minute to leave a little click, put some five stars on there and talk about how awesome that it, uh, uh, you are and we are. How about mm-hmm. that? And how You're doing awesome, the work.
1: Yeah. How awesome Ethan is. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Leave
0: a review, five stars.
1: That's right. H- Ethan, have you left a review? I have not,
0: ah. be- because I have not gotten my cornbread yet. <laughs> Until then, no review from me. But all the listeners out there, leave a good review. And maybe one day, you will get cornbread as well.
2: I'm going to send you a box of
0: cornbread. Yeah. A
1: box of Jiffy cornbread. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, remember, life is good. When you're nacho.